Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. How's it going? It's going well. It is going well. You just reminded me of something. Yeah, we're like toddlers now. We are toddlers. We're mm-hmm. walking and talking. No, I don't know if we're talking yet. Kind Maybe of. saying some words. Yeah. We've been doing, We've we're just kind of geeking out in between. Sometimes we'll record more than one episode at a time. Yep. Spoiler. Yep. Uh, but we, we just realized that we've just crossed our two-year mark on doing this. Yeah. Happy birthday. You too. So it's what? It's July. It's July 12th today. Yeah. July 10th was when we released episodes mm-hmm. in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to think about. It is. All the people we've met along the way. Yeah. Virtually at least. We didn't have strawberry sparkling water when this thing started. We've made it. Yeah. We're Who fancy thought? now. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. You too. Um, all right. So this week we have a question from Max. Do you want to take it away? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Max asks, he says, when calculating for retirement, how do you incorporate rental properties? For example, I max out my 457 and Roth IRA every year, but wanted to invest in more for the future, so I also own two rental properties. They both make about $50 per month after mortgage, property management, saving for future issues with properties, etc. How would you incorporate this kind of investment into planning for retirement? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, I think the first thing that we like about what Max did is he didn't just think of real estate in the sense of what's the gross rent that it's generating. Good call. Which is the temptation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can rent this property out and make 2000 per month, 3000 per month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll kind of see that even on like the like do-it-yourself shows and stuff like that. It's just kind of the way it gets sensationalized a little bit. You'll be like, oh, you just buy this house and then you rent it to someone for five grand a month and life's great. Yeah. It's like, it is, we still have to pay for the mortgage and property taxes and insurance and maintenance and carrying costs if no one is there and repairs. Exactly. A few other things. Well, just like anything, like if someone has a business and they say, oh, my business is generating $300,000 revenue. Uh, cool. I don't know if that's good or bad. I have no idea what your expenses are. Right. That your, could be a very profitable business grand. or it <laughs> could be a, a business that's a year or two away from bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like the way that Max phrased this yes. where it's, yes, there's income, but then there's mortgage, part of which will drop off at some point, the principal and interest, part yeah. of which won't. Yeah. So the taxes, the insurance, there's property management, at least in Max's case, there are, he, he's saving for future issues, which I like because there's going to be some repairs that need to be made. So it looks like he's just saving those on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And what he's asking is he's saying, look, today these make 50 bucks a month. But I know I'm not really in this for today. This is something that I want to be using towards retirement. So how do I think about something that is just making 50 bucks per month today, yep. but of course has the potential to make a lot more into retirement? Yes. Where would you like to start with this? I would like to start with how I think. So I like to start by looking at someone's balance sheet. Mm-hmm. And the balance sheet, for those of you who don't remember, is on one side, we have everything that we own. 
And on the other side of the sheet, we have everything that we owe. Yeah. And if we take everything we own and we subtract everything we owe, we get our net worth. Mm-hmm. So, and I like to think of it, um, I think you can think of it pretty simplistically. You can think of it in terms of what do I have that's kind of taxable money? So I think of like checking accounts, savings accounts, investment accounts. That's one component. So there's probably more than one thing in there, but they all add up to like one one bracket. Um, then you underneath that, you have what are my retirement accounts, qualified retirement accounts. So that'd be things like health savings accounts, 457 for max is Roth IRA. If you have a 403B or a 401K, those would be there. So those are that's a, those are assets that we're not really going to try to touch probably until we're ideally in our 70s. Yeah. Right? And then we're going down the balance sheet. We're going to have real estate. Real estate is probably going to be a primary residence if we have one, if we own a home. It could be rental income or rental properties, pardon me, as well. Um, and then the final thing that would be there would be a business if you own one and it has tangible value as well. That would be there too. Awesome. So those would be the four things on the on the asset side of the sheet. On the liability side, you're probably going to have like, um, you know, credit cards. If, if as long as you pay them off every month, that's fine. Any car loans, all that stuff. Your home would probably have a mortgage tied to it. Um, clearly, Max's rental properties have mortgages tied to them. So they'd be on the liability side. But if we, if we think of it simplistically, if we take all of our real estate value, what it's worth minus our mortgages, what we owe, we get a, an asset dollar amount. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It does. Yeah. And if we take those four categories we were just talking through, taxable investments. So again, that's like checking accounts, savings accounts, taxable investment accounts, qualified retirement accounts, real estate, and a business. You add all of those four things up, you should be able to get your total net worth. Awesome. So let's say I do this. And let's just use an example. I have no idea what Max's is, but let's say I have $200,000 in taxable accounts. Okay. Brokerage account, savings, $200,000. Yep. Maybe a million dollars in retirement. Mm-hmm. let's say the net equity in my real estate. So what it's worth minus what I owe is 500,000. Yep. And let's just say there's no business value. Yep. So if I add that up, 200,000 plus a million plus 500,000, that's $1.7 million. Yes. What's so the, my next thing I need to know? So the way, personally, when I look at that, I just look at it quickly and I go like, the things I start thinking about are things like, do I have enough funds in, um, taxable accounts or in li- liquid accounts that I can just live life if my whole world blows up. And I don't know how much this person spends. And let's let's assume it's 100k a year. Okay. So they have 2 years of living expenses. Not not worrying about taxes for the moment. Does that make sense? Got. So Max has the 100,000 mm-hmm. times 2, so 200,000 of course. Taxable accounts. Yes. Yep. So qualified retirement accounts, they now have like 10 years of living expenses in qualified retirement. Yep. And their real estate's worth about five years. So in total, they have about 17 years of living that they could do off of their balance sheet if they don't have to worry about expenses right now. Exactly. So if you just ignore taxes, ignore any potential growth, just keep it super simple. You got 17 years already set aside. Mm -hmm. But then the the next simple thing that you can do with that is you know, we've talked about before building assets and why people build assets and how we get to withdrawal rates. And we've talked about like, you know, 4% withdrawal rates and there's other things we can talk about. But if you just start to think of it in terms of like, if you flip a 4% withdrawal rate and say you have a million bucks, so you get, what is that? 40 grand? Mm -hmm. Is that right? So that's 25 years 
off of a million dollars, right? So if you just think of it in terms of like, okay, I want to go build up my assets to where I can have like, I don't know, somewhere between 20 to 25 to 30 years of living expenses. Well, now you can start to see like, where are my assets growing? What am I building? Am I too exposed in one area? Just by looking at these simple four buckets. Yep. Like if you have a $1.7 million net worth, but 1.7 million of it's in real estate, you could quickly have a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. if all of a sudden you need cash to like float when people are out of, of uh, the rentals or you lose your job, you could be in a real, real tough place. Or yep. if you don't have any taxable funds to begin with, yep, you'd be in a really hard spot. Yeah. So that's kind of how I would start to think of it. What about you? Well, I think starting there is helpful because it just gives you a bird's eye view of what do you have and where is it? Because you know that in retirement, like Max is alluding to, the the nice thing is it's not all going to be real estate. It's not all going to be just his 457. It's not all just his Roth IRA. All these are great things, but he is combining them in a way to say, okay, how much do I have in each of these assets? So I can start to think what role each of these will play in my retirement planning or just financial planning as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, the next piece of this is how do I actually account for real estate in retirement? Yeah. I know that today, it, it, I could, we have no idea what the rent is. We have no idea what the mortgage is. We have no idea what the property value is. Right. But there, you can look at this and there's a very good chance this could be a great investment today, but the cash flow is almost nothing. Right. Once expenses are done. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean it won't be a great investment in retirement. Exactly. Now, it could also be a terrible investment today. In a ter- we, we just don't know those inform- that information. Well, but even, but- even just to back up a little bit more on what you're saying, there are different reasons to invest in different types of property. So if I'm investing in a property because I don't need the cash flow, but I want appreciation on the asset, mm-hmm. this could be amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. If the value, because because when people there's two components to a real estate property making money for you, there's what did I buy it for and what's it worth every year? The appreciation that happens, we're seeing that in home prices right now around the country, and then there's also just the cash flow of the investment itself. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and the cash flow of the investment itself, while you're paying off the mortgage, is usually pretty tight for not not all that uncommon. What we're seeing here from Max, exactly. And so what we want to look at. If if Max was doing his retirement plan, he's probably not assuming that his rental income at retirement is fifty dollars a month. No, eventually that mortgage gets paid off. Eventually the mortgage gets paid off, and that those rents are likely increasing over time. So what you should actually be thinking through is you want to look at the net operating income, which is simply what income are you receiving. So what are you charging for rent minus any expenses? Yeah, expenses could be today things like the mortgage. Mm-hmm. In the future, even when the mortgage is paid off, there's still going to be some expenses. It could be the property management fee. Mm-hmm. It could be maintenance. It could be a gardener. It could be just the cost of repairing different things. Right. So really, um, what amount are you actually receiving in free cash flow? So it's not cash flow today that matters as much as cash flow in the future. So a way of looking at this is, and I have no idea how far out Max is in retirement, but assume maybe some inflation rate on rent. So mm-hmm. what do rents typically increase by? based upon where this is. Let's say it's 3%. Mm-hmm. Okay, take take whatever you're charging in rent today, multiply that or, or just take that out by 3% each year until retirement. That might give you a general sense of what actual income will look like at that time. And then back out expenses from that. If you still have a mortgage, we know that mortgage is fixed most likely. Mm-hmm. So that's still going to be the same level today. But just start seeing what's the cash that it can generate, not today, but in retirement. Because if, if you think of it like, a stock, 
stocks today while you're while you're growing, they're probably paying dividends, at least some of them. You're probably not living off those dividends. You're having those dividends reinvested for more growth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you're doing with rent here on this rental properties. Yes, you're receiving rent. You're not really counting on that income today. You're having it reinvested in the sense that it's being used to pay down the mortgage and build equity in the property as a whole. Yeah. I mean, an even, even simpler way you could do that is just simply remove the mortgage payment from your cash flow. Yep. And know in today's dollars what that would feel like. Exactly. Right? Cause, exactly. Because it could, you could, we could just as easily see, you may see inflation kick up in all things in life, including the rent. And then it just, it's a simple way for you to see what it feels like too. Right. So, yeah, two different ways you can do that. I really like both. Yeah. And then the other, you know, the, the income piece is only one aspect of the, the total return that you're going to look at with real estate. Mm-hmm. But you need to ask yourself, how are you incorporating real estate in your plan? If you plan to keep this property forever, then the primary thing you care about is the cash flow it's going to generate. Mm-hmm. You're not really living off the equity value. It's just increasing over time. But as long as you're holding it, you're not really spending that down. Mm-hmm. But you do need to think through the, the other components of growth, one of which is appreciation. Is this something that you're planning on keeping for today, but maybe selling at some point in retirement to create liquidity to live on? Or is this something that you plan on maintaining throughout retirement and just having the the balance continue to grow, but not really be part of your overall financial plan? Um, there's other aspects that have to do with growth that contribute to growth, whether it's the tax benefits of depreciation or whether it's the fact that you're using leverage that enhances what you call your IRR, just the rate of return that you're getting. But from a retirement standpoint, retirement's all about income and where's income coming from. And that's Mm -hmm. the primary thing I would look at. Anything else though that you would look at with this outside of the the income generated from rents? Um, You know, honestly, I think that um, one thing that I personally would look at for whenever someone, whenever a new client comes in and they have rental properties, um, one of the questions I almost always try to think about, and we kind of are teeing it up this way as well, is are we treating this rental property as a business or is it kind of this investment thing that we added on and we don't really treat fully as a business? Mm-hmm. If that, and what, here's what I mean by that. Like if I go look at the tax returns for the last three years, have I seen that um, rents have been increased if we're in an upward trending market, right? To whatever the max, whether or not, you know, you may have some restrictions around how much you're allowed to increase rents depending on where your right. home is. Um, but were you doing that? Um, are you maintaining the house? Do you have proper savings so that when def- deferred maintenance comes up, it's taken care of and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt your bit, your personal life outside of that. Um, I just really want to see that it's, it's being treated as a real business and that the numbers have been run such that work okay with the rates of return that we're getting and that they're reasonable rates of return for the risk that we're taking. Yeah. Yeah. You see this all the time. You're renting a property to friends or to family, maybe a son or daughter. And it's it's totally fine, but yeah. And you'll hear the common that. thing you hear is like, oh, I have them pay the mortgage and like cover the bills. And so then it's like, okay, great. So you're basically letting them live in there for the cost of the that. But if we go turn it out to like renters, you could get an extra five hundred bucks a month. Right. Well, that's a you know, an extra six grand a year adds up. Yeah. And the, if you're looking at an actual investment, it's diminishing the investment value. Now you can be okay with that as yes. long as you understand that you're doing that. Yes. But don't do that and also think of it as a great investment if you're really unaware of what the actual return 
That's on exactly averages. the case. It's all about understanding your choices and being clear in your choices and that you're comfortable with the ones you're making. Exactly. Um, another thing I would encourage Max and everyone to think through is what are your future goals with this property? One thing that I'll see quite frequently is uh, a lot of people don't go out and buy a rental property. Oh, well, a lot of people do. I shouldn't say that. But what a lot of people also do is they have their primary home. They fall into it. They fall into it yeah. because they then move up. Their yeah. family grows. They go buy a larger home. And instead of selling their current property, they say, oh, we'll just keep this as a rental. That can be totally fine. But ask yourself, what's the long-term goal with that? Is the goal to keep it forever? Great. Is the goal to keep it for, say, five to six years and then sell it? there might be some tax challenges with that. Yeah. And I say that because if you were to move out of your property, you have capital gain exclusions. So if it's a married couple, you could exclude up to $500,000 of capital gains on the sale of your property if you've lived there for two out of five years. Mm -hmm. If you keep your property, your rental property, say for five, six years, and then you sell it, well, you've just lost all of those exclusions, yeah. which means that's a lot of extra taxes that you're going to pay if you sell your home after that exclusion runs out because you've moved out. So you don't have to sell it immediately, which is the good news. You can kind of rent it out for a year or so, rent it out for a year or two, see how it goes before fully committing. But if you think that you're only going to keep it as kind of like a medium-term financial asset and you're not going to exchange it tax-free into another property, there's probably some benefit to look to sell it earlier or at least hold on to it longer, assuming it all makes sense. Yep, I Fully agree. Yeah. I think if you're going to hold it for a longer term period, it can still make sense to potentially sell it or keep it. But that medium term gets pretty, yeah, doesn't work out well because you lose that exclusion. You're absolutely right. You lose the exclusion, which means a lot of extra taxes, which eats into the returns that you're getting. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is, and Scott, you mentioned this earlier, is just how balanced are you when you're looking at liquid versus non-liquid assets? You look very balanced today. Th thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my <laughs> balance sheet is in order here. No, but I mean, we've seen that more than once, right? You see it with small business owners. You see it with people, uh, families who own real estate. Um, you can even see it with families who own, they've done such a great job saving to qualified retirement accounts, but then like one of them wants to go start a business. And so now cash is just tight, mm -hmm. right? So there's there's something to be said for understanding those four, four, uh, four sections we described up above and knowing like, how, are you pretty resilient right now on your balance sheet so that you can go do pretty much anything you want at any time? Yeah. There's a lot of value in having resiliency. Well, there, yes, because when you look at things like real estate, things like businesses, they're typically illiquid. And how many people were extremely wealthy until 2008 came around? Or how many people were extremely wealthy on paper, at least, until something like COVID came around and their business shut down? So it's it's like... It's one of those things, if you don't have the liquidity to stay in the game long enough to weather some of those storms, you're probably going to have a, a bad go at it when something comes along. So make sure that you have your balance sheet balanced, hence the name, between those liquid and non-liquid assets to ensure that you can maintain that real estate or maintain that business, those non-liquid things, even through the ups and downs. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, Max, thanks for the question. Scott, any other thoughts on that? No, just, I mean, well, I guess the, the shortest answer to his question would be back out that mortgage amount, knowing what date that ends. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you could build it into cash. Increase flow. that up. <laughs> that exactly. answers it really fast. That was a much more simple explanation than what I said. Well. I think I was so excited for our two year birthday that I want, wanted to uh, make we had, it more we complicated than it needed to be. Yeah, answer, exactly. Right? 
Yeah. But this is helpful for everyone because it's not only, it doesn't even, it's not even so much if you have real estate specifically, if you do that kind of one through four section, you can quickly see how your balance sheet shapes up. Yep. Fully agree. All right. Well, thanks for the question and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.